0: Hey everybody, welcome to Semper Sometimes with Benny and the Bakes. Today on uh, episode two of Alcoholism, we have my very close friend, um, Matt, um, and he's just really going to introduce himself, kind of talk about his time in the Marine Corps, um, talk about the things that he's seen, give us some stories. First, he'll, he'll introduce himself, and then uh, we'll just do a little bit of a Q&A and go from there. So without further ado, here's Matt. what's going on what's going on man so um just briefly tell me about you know who is matt like if somebody was just simply ask that
1: question like who, who the fuck is matt all right cool uh just real quick before i get started on that i just want to say that like i don't represent any any like uh programs any any like i'm just a guy that's uh was in the Marine Corps, I've had my ups, my downs, you know, I've I've made mistakes and I've I've had comebacks and I, I just represent myself and and the mustache.
0: Let's do it. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> and that's all we want, man. Is at the end of the day, the reason for this show, the reason for this podcast, um it, what me and Baker wanted to do was just simply have people on the show who have dealt with issues throughout their time in the Marine Corps, whether it's sobriety, whether it's you know suicidal ideations, PTSD just anything in general and just a way that we could just talk about it and find out how their story could help other people. Um, so it's really just about hearing your story and finding out more about you and you know, what you've dealt with and how you've gotten through it. So um, if you don't mind, just tell us a little
1: bit about you know, who, who Matt is. Uh, well, I'm Matt, right? <laughs> uh, I grew up – I was born in Staten Island, New York. You know, I grew up there. I spent the first like 13 years of my life there. Uh, my, my father was a cop. Uh, my mother was uh, a nutcase, and you know, I, uh, my family. Uh, when my dad retired, my family moved out to New Jersey. here. So uh, that was like right as I was joining high school, and uh, I went to Colts High School. I was part of the NJROTC program, and I was like my introduction to military customs and history and all that stuff. And uh, I always had an interest in the military. That's like that was like my goals, my dreams. So uh, I I went. Through that program in high school and uh while I was there I met uh some guys in these these nice shiny uniforms looking sharp with these white hats. Uh one of them uh, I'm not gonna mention their names. Yeah probably that's fine. and uh you know they uh they they piqued my interest, you know, so I, I reached out to them. I since I grew up in New York, uh when I graduated high school I was only seventeen. I turned seventeen like halfway through the year.
0: Yeah that happened to me too.
1: Yeah. So uh they were like trying to get me to sign this contract so I could join the Marine Corps, which is ultimately what I wanted. But uh, at the time I was too young and I couldn't get my parents on board to sign my contract. So I spent about like, not even a full year after high school, just like staying local. I tried Brookdale for like a day, (laughs) left the same day. and uh, (laughs) Then I just like went and did like odd jobs, odds and ends. And then I turned 18 that December which is 2011. I'm pretty sure the recruiting station was closed for like the holidays and whatnot. So January fourth of 2012 is when I like signed my my contract here get the Marine Corps, and it was like that was my my dream right there. And uh, so fast forward about five months later, I took the ASVAB, blah blah all this. I got I signed this contract which I didn't read because uh. I, wasn't I don't too. think anybody
0: does. <laughs> no, no, I don't think anybody does. No, it's, <laughs> it's bro, literally the benefit tags and yeah.
1: yeah man. I love those things. I think I lied about those. <laughs> what do you want? And I was like to leave. I want to go.
0: So, what would you say you why? Like, why did you ultimately join the Marine Corps? Like, was it a sense of pride? Was it your family? Was it growing up? I know you said you kind of had issues with mom. Like, was it was it that? Like, was it like for me? I I joined the Marine Corps because. I wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. Didn't really have a lot of friends growing up, um, and nice. I was never proud of anything. Um, I don't know, like if that's how you feel, Baker. Um, but really, that was a huge thing, and it's just like that's why I joined. So, was there any reason for you joining, or was it just like, "Hey, I've kind of always had it in my heart, and I just did it" type thing?
1: Yeah, like well, like I said, it was it was always like my my dream. That's what I wanted. Mine wasn't really that deep about like pride and sense of belonging. I think I saw the movie Saving Private Ryan as a kid, and I was like, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. Hell yeah. For Captain Miller, you know. So, uh,
2: so uh, what what MLS did you, were you in the Marine Corps? Like, what did you, uh, did you get the job that you wanted to do? Uh, tell us
1: a little bit about that. Uh, I mean, I thought the entire Marine Corps was just infantry when I first started talking to these recruiters. I didn't know there was, like, all these jobs, and, like, they gave us this test. I was like, this is they actually tried to give us the ASVAB in high school. They did give us the ASVAB in high school because I was part of that, that program, and I, like, tried to cheat on the test by using a fake name, and I got in a whole bunch of trouble for, for that. But anyway, I took it again uh, at MEPS, and uh, I scored pretty pretty high on it. So uh, I guess they had a fill contract, so I ended up t- uh, signing this contract for uh, 3521 MOS, which is diesel engine mechanic. Nice. No. So did you enjoy being a decent lens?
0: Well, oh, excuse me. Did you enjoy being a decent lens mechanic? Like, what do you think?
1: Uh, well, in the Marine Corps, I went to, after boot camp and uh, Camp Johnson is where, uh, well, Camp Geiger for MCT and then Camp Johnson for MOS training. I got to the fleet and I didn't really work on many trucks. I was in like a third echelon shop and like, it's, that's where they send stuff that like the second echelon guys can't repair because like. No one really knew what they were doing, I would say. And, like, they'd send a truck in with, like, a blown turbo. And uh, they'd be like, all right, well, this one needs a motor. So we would just – it was like putting a puzzle back together. I never really, like, got through the depths of what it was to be a mechanic until after I got out of the Marine Corps. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, and then uh, I stayed on that career path for about eight years.
0: Oh, damn, okay. So, um, So I guess my next question for you would be, when was the first time you were introduced to alcohol in the Marine Corps? Do you remember, like, a story or anything like that? Oh, right
1: away. MOS school was, like, the first bit of freedom you get, you know? So, like, we got to Camp Johnson, and I'm pretty sure that first night, me and a couple of my buddies discovered that if you take your cat card, right, and you flip it around on the bottom where it says the date, that little three at the end, you could take a map pen and a silver Sharpie and change that three to a zero. And then it says you're born in 1990, so you could go out about town in Jacksonville, <laughs> and you could get served at Applebee's and stuff like that. So, like, right away, we were we were hitting it pretty hard, you know. We didn't really uh, – I mean, Marines prior, you know how that goes, they like to have a lot of fun, too. So, when I was in Camp Johnson, it was kind of strict, you know. We had, like, a strict curfew. Everyone had to form up every morning, every night, blah, blah, blah. No weekend liberty. So, you know, we had to sneak off base and stuff and then try yeah, not brush. to get caught. Uh, I mean, there's a reason for it. I would say, for sure. and we all found our, our ways around it. Got you. you, know, got you some definitely. of us got NJP and stuff, in, in the schoolhouse and stuff. I managed to somehow not do that until I got into the fleet. Not long after I got into the fleet, I got my first NJP. But okay, what but, was that for? Was yeah, you if you don't to share that with us, or yeah, I mean, see me. I'm a, I'm a I'm a real alcoholic, you know. So when I get a drink in me. I, it, it like activates this whatever scientifical term they want to call it, and I can't stop drinking until my life is burned to the ground. So when I got to the fleet, you know, I was, I was, I was still a kid, man. I was probably turning 19 at the time. So like I, I had all this pride and like I, I had this sense of invinci- invincibility after like getting through boot camp. Because like when I was in the depth, when I first met Doug over here, he was he was Lance Corporal Bennett. And I was that fat kid at, at, at PT at the, at the recruiting office throwing up on the mile run, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I felt like invincible and that like nothing could hurt me. I, I can't hurt myself, blah, blah. So like I was, I was going to town on the alcohol right away. And I, my first NJP was actually because I got really drunk one night with uh, other Marines in the barracks. Actually, it was after like a, a couple week field up we went on. And uh, we were supposed to be on Liberty that weekend for 96 after getting back. So me and my friends went out to town in, uh, in Waikiki because my duty station was Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. It was, uh, it was terrible. No, I'm just kidding. It was awesome. But we went out to town in Waikiki and we ended up getting involved in more than alcohol. And uh, just, uh, I guess, a, a weird turn of events they There was a, a call for a battalion-wide year analysis that Monday even though we're all supposed to be on libo and stuff, I guess uh, the way things were supposed to happen in my mind were not right. I was, I was like, Oh, I'm on libo. I don't got to go to that. But anyway, I ended up failing that urinalysis. So I'm one of those Marines who, who led alcoholism and my own poor decisions and my career before it even really was able to take off. Right. And, uh, it's, uh, like I went through the whole process. It was like a, eight month process from my first NJP to my actual board of separations, which that eight months I was I went to town, you know, I was on EPD and restriction while I was, which is like, you're, you can't leave base. Like you got to check in every hour. So I got to wear uniform all day and I'm drinking in the barracks still like doing the the power hour with Mickey's grenades with like other Marines going to going to the battalion office, mopping up real quick. Probably looked worse than when I before I got there because I was hammered, and then uh I lost my train of thought there. So I mean, like that that whole that whole time I was awaiting this this trial, I, I just progressively got worse and worse, which is how alcohol alcoholism works, you know. It's it's uh it's fueled by fear, insanity, and denial, and you know it's like I let that one little slip up of mine, which, you know, I could have handled it differently. But like I said, I was like 19. I was a scared little kid at the time when I got that NJP in front of my whole battalion, they took my rank off, you know? And then I like hung my head in shame. as like, I walked to the fucking battalion office to, to clean up for the next 45 days. And uh, so after that, that whole uh, restriction thing ended, you know, I, I continued on my, my alcoholic ways, you know, I would get caught drinking, I would get in fights with other Marines in my unit because I was just belligerent. You know, I never really got too disrespectful or insubordinate with like the chain of command and stuff. Because you know, like them being around longer than me, they they know a little bit more than me, so they could see clearly there was an issue. But like I said, alcoholism stems off of insanity, fear, and denial. So I didn't right. see I didn't see myself as having a problem back in the, in those times. You know, yeah. But it was uh, my life was crumbling. And uh, I was just like, yeah, this is fun, man. I'm in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> so um,
0: looking back at it now, what what would you have done differently? I, have I, done? I, I get it. We can't, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We can't go back into life. But, like, for that Marine right now who's out there in Hawaii, who's probably dealing with the exact same thing that you dealt with at that time, what would you say to him? Like, if you could have a conversation with younger Matt right now, what would that conversation look like?
1: Oh, man. Knowing what I know now, I would be like, Look, dickhead, get fucking honest, practice humility, admit you were you were wrong for what you're doing. And uh, maybe things will start looking up, you know, because like there are. Back at the time, I was very resentful towards the and stuff. I was like, oh, they, they screwed me. But it was it was all like your chickens come to roost eventually. You know, like it was my choices that got in the way of my dreams and my career. So I can't really blame anybody but myself.
0: Bro, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but me and him, me and Baker were talking about this on the last uh, last episode. Um, it's, I'm just glad that you said that really? because, because number one, it's just you being a fucking man and owning up to your own decision that you made that ultimately fucked yourself over, right? Yep. And on top, that, uh, on top of that, on top of that, it, it not only did it fuck you over, but it fucked your command over. It fucked, now you're not a, a Marine who can deploy. Now, you know, the, the thing you don't think about that, you don't you don't think about the, 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 re, the reverse ad that the reverse effects it's going to have on anybody. Right. But like the thing I want to just thank you for is just that the idea that you own that shit, like on the last podcast, we were just kind of talking about it. Like there was a guy who on my deployment came home, we got home from Afghanistan, popped on a piss test and people are like, oh, fuck the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps did this to me. No, the Marine Corps didn't fuck you, bro. And that's something that, like, when I was on recruiting duty, I see it all the time. Like, nine times out of ten, when you talk to people and you ask them, like, about their time in the military, if they say the Marine Corps fucked me, it's literally because they were stupid and they got NJP'd and they don't want to just fucking own up to it. Because realistically, how many times do you really hear, like, a Marine legitimately getting fucked?
2: I mean... I've heard quite a couple stories, honestly. Like I'm not, we can't give the Marine Corps the benefit of the doubt every.
0: Single oh no, hundred you know, percent. But I'm saying right, when it, I'm saying when it comes to the alcoholism, when it comes to the drugs, people will well, will always we say. We about this too. I'm pretty sure. So like, um, you know,
2: so let's say we're a bunch of lance corporals. You're a corporal, right? And we're all drinking. Well, let's say we're all in, all twenty years old. And you're our NCO, and you knock on our door and find out we're all drinking, and then he goes and tells the duty that we're drinking to purposely fuck us, when he could have just been like, hey, guys, wrap that shit up, get rid of everything, you know, and not tell anybody? You know what I mean? I I, I feel like, you know, don't be a out, guys. No, you know? yeah, 100%. That shit definitely happens. Especially, you know, not even NCOs. Probably there's junior Marines and shit, staff NCOs, officers, etc., that have done the same thing. So I think in that instance... Those people get fucked, and I've heard the exact same shit like that. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Like I've definitely, um, I I haven't been NJP by any uh, you know drinking incidents. I definitely should have been, um, but thankfully I had NCOs there to cover my ass. Um, they literally the
1: reason I even had a Marine Corps career. I'd like I'd like to say. Did you have anything um, to add, Matt? Well, I was gonna say about like on the topic what he said. Like I understand where you're coming from with that, but like we all got to see our part in it. Like it, he wasn't that corporal wasn't the one that went and put, put those Marines in that situation in the first place. You know, they made choices themselves, you know, knowing that there was a zero tolerance policy for this shit, which is for me to say this stuff is just fucking crazy. Cause like I was so bitter and resentful for years and years. And like, in order for me to get to this point, I had, I went down some really, really bad roads where I tried right. to play victim and point the finger at everybody, but my, my damn self, you know? And, uh, it it was a hard lesson to learn, you know. It's not like, it's not like anybody forces us to make our make choices, you know. It's, and dealing with consequences, you know, that's 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 where I grew, you know.
0: So if you don't mind talking about that, like you said that, you know. So you've been a recovering alcoholic since when? Would you say like two thousand twelve?
1: Well, when I when I got NJP for uh, for failing that urinalysis, uh, my command ordered me to to go to substance abuse counseling, right? And, like, there were options that I could have, like, there were roads I could have went, like, they sent me to base legal and stuff, where I could have, like, repeal, uh, appealed and applied for retention. I could have got a lawyer to fight for me, but, like, I was, like, I was shaking in my fucking, in my uniform, you know? Like, I was, I was like, wow, my life is over. My family didn't know that I had gotten in trouble. They didn't know that I was coming home until the morning I got to the Honolulu airport to fly home because I, w- I didn't know how to face the truth, you know, I didn't know how to face the consequences of my own actions, you know, and, like, there's some weird stuff involved, too, because, like, there were other Marines that I was with that night, and it was a battalion-wide year analysis, but, like, I was the only one that, like, got caught up in some shit about it, so, like, th- I tried to blame other people forever, you know, but, like, really, I'm the one that that made that choice to go out that night with, and do what I did, you know, so, like, if I ever want to you know, grow from that experience, I gotta, I gotta really take a look. I gotta know my own part. I gotta be honest with the people around me. I gotta, you know, like man up essentially, you know, and face face those consequences. Yeah, for sure. And dude, like, you know, um,
2: I, I don't know your life, your whole life story exactly, but you know, I, I'm I'm the type of person that believes things happen for a reason. Absolutely. Um, you know, so you wouldn't be the man you are today if you didn't make those mistakes. You know, like. A lot of things you're saying resonate with me because I know people in similar situations like you. You know what I mean. And now you're a better man for you know your past mistakes. You're a wiser man for it. I appreciate it. You know, that. it's uh, it's true strength, dude.
1: Thank it's you. awesome. But uh, no, but yeah. how, how are how are you doing now? Now like I, I have, now that you're out of the Marine
2: Corps, you know, well, working see. on uh
1: working on everything else. Right, so how I are got you I got out of the Marine Corps. That day I came home that I was just saying was December 24th, 24th, 2014. Christmas Eve, I surprised my family. Like, yo, what's up? I'm home. And then like a week goes by and they're like, oh, wow. he's, uh, I guess he's got some time off. And then two weeks goes by and they're like, all right, what the fuck happened? And I was like, yeah, well, this, blah, 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 that. I didn't get fully honest with them even for like a long time. They thought it was like, I, I got in trouble for weed or some shit. It was a little bit more severe than that, you know? I got, my discharge was up. Uh, was a pattern of misconduct because I had multiple NJPs for being a drunk idiot underage, being insubordinate. And, uh, I went through this, uh, I tried to lie my way through the entire thing. Cause you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that like the Marine Corps value of integrity, like that goes a long way, you know, but I was so afraid of the truth that like, I couldn't even admit it to myself. So I ended up going, falling further down. So I got home, and then, like, I, I stayed home for a little bit, and then I was working some dead end job making, like, sandwiches at ShopRite or something. And it wasn't until, like, a couple months in or I was like, all right, look, I know I, I fucked up in the past, but, like, I'm I'm a little bit further along in my life than, like, putting meat on bread here. So I, I got back into the field, being a diesel mechanic. And, you know, I did that for about eight years, and I grew to some pretty, like, pretty quickly, I, like, learned how to really, like, be a mechanic and like, how engines work and how systems work. Because, like, they try to teach you that in the Marine Corps behind a computer, but, like, I've always been, like, a hands-on learner. That's why consequences are my best teachers, you know? I'm a hands-on <laughs> kind of guy.
0: I got to learn from students.
1: Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> below is where I grow. Hopefully I don't have to...
0: Yeah. yeah I, hopefully
1: I got wise enough where I don't
0: got to yeah. fucking self-destruct anymore. So how do you... Um, so if you don't want me
1: asking, when was the last time you had a drink? Um, the last time I had a drink? Right now, I... Have a hundred and two days sober, you know. Hell yeah! Thank you. Two thousand and eighteen was when I finally, like after like a really, 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 really uh, powerful wake up call, I went away to a uh, to a treatment center. And uh, I stayed sober for about a year and about five months, off of like sheer willpower. There wasn't much willpower there. I was angry. I was resentful and mean still. And uh after that bit of sobriety, my ego was so inflated, you know, I was so proud of myself for like just doing what I was supposed to do that like I felt really quick and really hard. And like I went on another really bad downward spiral. And I I found myself in a string of treatment centers and like psych wards and stuff. And uh, just hurting the people around me and myself, like eventually just, I got tired of it. And you know, I went to my final treatment center up until this point because nobody's perfect you know life's about progress not perfection Mm. so i I like that where the fuck did you get that from or did you make it up Uh, that was nice i probably heard it somewhere i I like that bro (laughs) thank you so like hopefully if i stay this path that i'm on now like this time i'm doing things a lot differently like I've, i've i've met a group of individuals who live a sober lifestyle like they live like spiritual lives like I've never been a spiritual guy. Like I've had a god in my life in the past, so I could blame him for things. But, like, <laughs> that was about it. And like, not that I'm a religious person by any means. I tried church. It's kind of weird, <laughs> a little bit. But like, that's what people like it. Let them let them have their outlets. You know, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm not here to to like preach my way. But like, I surrounded myself. I had a complete psychic like revolution. You know, like I completely changed my my outlook. I changed my my practices, the way I think, the people I talk to. And like, so far it's been like really success. I've I've, had, I've been really successful. You know, I, I've, I've been to some pretty low lows and I, I got a real big lesson in like humility. And, and I had to humble myself a lot after like, after eight years in the field of being a diesel mechanic, I, I was hired as an A-rate guy for New Jersey transit in a federally funded union, making stupid money, blowing it on stupid things falling flat on my face, found myself working at home Depot overnight for like 10 bucks an hour. And I was like, how the fuck did I get here? And it, I really had to look at myself for like the first time ever. And I was like, Oh, because I made these choices. I have the, I lived my life in like, we're creatures of habit. So like I was able with the help of th- these people that like I've met in this, this process, like able to learn how to identify the patterns that of, of like my actions and like the way I'm living and to like look at myself and see like when I'm acting off of my own defects and like when I'm deflecting things. And uh, it, it's like a completely different way of living that I, I'm not used to. So like there's like a lot of like small gifts that I've been getting in my life, not like material things, but like getting back into touch with like my family who's like always loved me so much. And they saw me go down these horrible paths and like, there was nothing they could do to help me. Cause like my, my hardheadedness, my, my alcoholism, my ego didn't want to like admit that like I needed help from anybody until like I had literally, I found myself sitting there with nobody around and like I had nothing to my name and I had no ambition and I was going nowhere, you know, but I found once you hit that rock bottom point, the only thing that you really ever have with you at rock bottom is a fucking shovel because it can always get worse. You can always keep digging yourself down. And, uh, so I, I gotten, I, I've known these people for a few years, like this guy that got me involved in this, like this group of like people who live this, this sober lifestyle. And like, he, they, they kind of took me under their wing. Like I was, I've, I've been homeless. And like this guy let me into his house, like knowing that like exactly what I was involved in. And I was like, wow, man, this is, is this like a setup or something? And, uh, you know, they just show me love and like tolerance and like understanding because they get it. You know, these people get it. They've been on these paths that I've been on. They've gotten out of these holes, you know, and uh, they want to, in order to keep the life that they have now. They they have they feel like they need to give it back to others that are in those same fucking patterns, you know. And they're showing me how to do that little by little. And that's really what my 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 main focus is right now is to build myself up to this point where I could be of service to other people. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I mean, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, and I the one thing, one
0: last thing I wanted to share is just like, so me and you, you brought it up. I met you when I was a lance corporal, and then I don't know if you remember this, but like five years later, I'm at the ROTC event, and you come walking up to me, hair down beard, to hair down to your legs, and you're talking to me like as if I know you. And in my mind, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And I remember like, you were like, I am no like, idea who yeah, you are. I, I just looked at you and I was like, because we were carrying on a conversation. like, How you been? Like all this shit. And I'm just like, yeah, what's going on, bro? And then I'm like, who the fuck are you? And you tell me who you are. And then I showed you a Facebook picture. And I was like, this is you? And you were like, yeah. And it's crazy just talking about like how Baker was saying, you know, the mistakes that we make make us who we are. And at the end of the day, you're here for a reason. Yeah. Those mistakes can help you change mold and help other people that maybe never have to see those mistakes or people who are going through those right now. Um, Baker, did you have anything that you wanted to add or end it with? No, man. Um, I just want
2: to say, Hey, it was, it was really awesome to uh, hear your story, man. Um, it's, it's, it's awesome, dude. Hon- honestly, that, that could have been like a, I feel like you could write a short self-help book for, huh. especially just people and Marines in general. I can't your even story, read, uh it's it's awesome, man, and I'm uh, I'm really really proud of you on the, the path you're on, man. It's freaking awesome. I, I can't I can't sit here and say that I'd probably be um, I would have been as optimistic as you if uh, if that happened to me.
1: So it's pretty uh pretty pretty amazing. Well, that, that means a lot to me, man. Thank you very much. Trust you. Me, you met me a couple awesome. years ago. You'd have been like, get away from me, <laughs> kind of like a dog here. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's like, uh, but
0: it's like Baker said, man. It's just
1: a testament to who you've become
0: because. Like I'm, I'll be honest. I have an uncle who my entire life has been either an alcoholic or on drugs. My entire life, I've never met the man in 30 years. I've never met him sober, and he's 60 years old, and he's not even willing to say what you are saying. And again, I don't know his story. You know, he was in the army. He was a he's a veteran. He has you know suffers from PTSD and stuff, but it's just it's a good thing to hear you be able to even have this conversation, be able to open up like that, you know, and you, you came to me when you saw that I wanted the podcast, you were like, bro, let's fucking do it. I want to be in this. So the idea that you've in 10 years, almost you've come full circle, you know, like you just said, you were like, bro, if you told me 10 years ago that we'd be having a podcast i about be being, you know, you would never in your life think that, Never in my life. you know, and it's, it's just an amazing thing. That you were able to find yourself through through all of that.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said, that, like I, I have a God in my life now. Oh, a power greater than myself. Because like if I was running the show, the world would be on fire. So I got to let somebody else run the show. So like I saw it as an opportunity for me to be of service to to either Marines in the same situation that I was in, or just people in general that might might hear this, you know, that like awesome. need to hear, you know, because
0: well, I mean, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate you coming out. I really appreciate hearing your story. Um, and hey everybody, that's the whole purpose behind this. That's literally the fact of this. you know, at one point, maybe Matt wasn't living the Semper Fidelis lifestyle. but now, through times, through issues, he's learned that and now his life is on a better track. And that's literally all this podcast is about is just people helping people giving their stories and helping you be able to be a better version of yourself. So thanks for coming out. And, uh, that's it. Thanks for having me.